Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're at your not today. All right, welcome to On My Block Preview Podcast. Amon Green, Packers all-time leading rusher, is here with us today. And I hit the record button today, Amon, so we're going to do this one time, baby. I know. <laughs> Let's get it done right. Let's go. I'm your host, Let's Mike Wall. Listen, basketball's back. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, esports as well. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. A-G. There's a yes. lot going on. Obviously, all these tons of playoff scenarios. Packers are playing for it. But yep. I would be remiss if we didn't start with – we got great news today from the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation that yes. unfolded on Monday night. And certainly, we you know, we all have um, – listen, we've all dealt with tragedy in our own ways in our own lives. I think, mm-hmm. obviously, when this hits like it does as viscerally as it does when it's on national television in front of a game, and it kind of – you know, it's like – to, to, to poorly reference a comic book when the Joker says that when everything's going according to plan, no one seems to care, right? But when things right. start don't go according to plan, nobody wakes up in the morning and think they're going to see this, whether you're mm-hmm. a fan, whether you're a teammate or an NFL player, part of that brotherhood, whether you're a family member, you just – this is, goes way up beyond expectations. And so it hits really, really yeah. hard, makes you, makes you reevaluate. Great news, though. DeMar seems to have uh, regained consciousness – Yep. It, it appears that neurologically they're saying the doctors are she's showing some really good signs that there's not long-term neurological damage, which I think for everybody is probably the thing you're worried about the most. Yep. Yep. And, and so, um, listen, <clears throat> with that, I think my initial question was, cause we hadn't, we didn't know that information yet. And so we were going to mm-hmm. talk about you know, postponing the games and how you do all this, but AG, do you just have anything lit because they're obviously going to play these games and I'm glad they are going to play these games. I think it's a good escape for a lot of these guys. Yeah. But do you have any thoughts that you want to add to just this situation and how you kind of, you know, as a parent or as a, as a player, how you, how you thought about this? Yeah. I mean, as a player, it's something that, you know, we knew signing. I learned as a kid, you know, my brothers played football, my dad played football, my stepdad played football. And to talk about the injuries, you know, we will have conversations, you know, in terms of how to defend yourself, how to protect yourself. But at the end of the day, when something goes down is basically, are, you know, you're hurt, or, you know, how bad is it? And, you you know, mentally getting through it, you know, if it is you having an injury or your teammate or somebody that you know that played in a game, you know, friends, cousins or whatever, is then dealing with the mental side of it because of because you, you're not the person you are. You, you used to be because you hurt um, the way that I say 
the NFL, uh, Zach Taylor, uh, D- D- McDermott, the head coach for the Buffalo Bills, how they handled it from leadership standpoint. I thought they did it beautifully. You know, Zach, I saw an interview where Zach mentioned and where he, you know, he walked over to uh, McDermott and asked him in a kind of, you know, face to face, man to man to say, uh, you know, what, you know, where you at? And before he could even get a word out, he said, McDermott said to him, hey, I'm going to the hospital to be with DeMar and his family. You know, that's where I need to be right now. And then from Zach, from Zach Taylor, he's like, all right, decisions made, you know, game's over. There's no second guess in that. And then all the players and the, both teams, you could just see their reaction, obviously their the reaction to when it first happened, but then their reaction as the leadership kicked in of where we needed to go next is basically to support his family, um, DeMar's family and, uh, you know, be gentlemen, be professional in terms of walking off the field, you know, say what you need to say. And then, you know, let's support each other. And that's what you're seeing kind of all around the world. I say around the football ecosystem of support for the family. I've heard like comments from reporters saying locally, the family has been, you know, been helped out with hotel food and just things, whatever they need to kind of, cause they, they know what's setting on their mind every day is their son, their brother, their, their uh, boyfriend or, you know, what have you is uh, just coming out of the, you know, situation that for a lot of players, that's the uh, big, uh, you know, sometime question on our mind as a, as an athlete, you know, when a big injury happens, you know, how are we going to react? Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's hard because it goes, we're, we're building ourselves up to be invincible. Yes. I mean, there's, there's really, I know that sounds like when, when I say that I hear myself sounding stupid, but I mm-hmm. There was a time in my life where I thought I was bulletproof. Yeah. And I know you and I know you felt the same way. Yeah. So 100%. that glass is shattered right in front of your face. Like it hits different. You know, it really does hit different. Um, I don't think there's much else to say, except no. it's it's always nice to see the community come together. That's, that's the beautiful act- part. Yep. And, and there's some bad actors out there. There's some there's the skip bailers. It's, yeah, it's, it's always one or two. It's always one. Or two. They're going to try to profit off this. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and they're and they're just useless. You know they're they're just bad humans, as you sc- said, scum of the earth people. But it's Indeed. good to see the community come together in this situation. Let's just let's just hope that he has a speedy recovery. Let's talk yep. ball though. Yep. Let's switch gears. Talk ball. So the Lions and the Packers are both eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. This scenario, a couple, you know, seven weeks ago, you're just going. There's no way. We wasn't even talking happen. about this. This yeah, wasn't even, in in the thought process. So the Lions have actually gone seven and two over the last nine. Crazy. So, yeah. So they're, they're they've been playing really well. They score a ton of points at home. They don't score a ton of points on the road. They score 19 on the road, 33 at home. Seattle plays. Here's kind of the interesting dynamic here. They've moved this game to 730 at night. And Seattle plays, I think, the afternoon game. Everybody else plays early. This is the late game. Yeah. And so if Seattle wins, the Lions are out, period. Mm. Seattle owns the tiebreaker on the Lions. The Lions own the tiebreaker on us. Got it. So – I just don't it's it's weird that they do it that way. I don't think the Lions will scoreboard watch. And somebody just asked me this question. I think the, the dangerous team just getting into the playoffs this isn't the Super Bowl. The dangerous team is the team that has something to lose. Exactly. They're gonna like if you know that you win this game, you're going to the playoffs. There is listen, we're all pros and you're gonna play there's a little bit more, I think, man to man to man to all the way down the 53 man roster. You're gonna get a little bit more from somebody oh, in that yeah. scenario versus the team that just knows that it's over and you're gonna go home. That's to me, that's a no-brainer. I don't know if you feel the same way. No, it's a it's a no-brainer. It's something that you know, we've been in that situation uh as players, teammates, and the high, the mindset is hey, you know what, let's do whatever we need to do to win. Is do exactly, I don't care. My leg, you know, this, that, the other play mm-hmm. calling, we're going to mess, you know, we're going to make mistakes, but you know what? We're going to make 
better than mistakes. We make them happen. We're going to try to make better out of that play and keep moving on to send that team where they're not going to the playoffs. And we are, or if we're going home, they're going home too. that type of mindset. The Lions and the Packers have both, they're both coming from a place where I, I can't remember if the Lions started one and six. It was some, it was some ridiculous thing. I can yeah. do the math right now, but I'm, I'm now thinking about the Packers also. I think they were one, in, they, they went through a stretch where they were one and seven. I mean, both yep. teams were playing yeah, really fired. poorly at one time. Right. And you mm-hmm. start going, well, how the hell did this happen? So I just, from your perspective, let's forget about the Lions real quick, but just from yeah. the Packers perspective, AG, yeah. what have you seen over the last four or five games that you go, we can point to that and say, that's better. That is at, that is at least part of the reason that we're we're having success. I know that some of these teams have either either been bad teams or have right. Tua had a concussion. All the stuff that's going on with the Vikings offensive line last week. and, and Exactly. Uh, but what do you see that just, man, this is different. This is better. We have improved. It's just the, the the things that I believe the Packers players are aware of now. They've been criti- criti- criticized on, um, and not by us. I mean, because we talk about it. When I'm saying the criticism from their coaches, you know, they're having that conversation amongst each other. And now you see less and less of those mistakes. You see people. You still see them every now and then because the other players are trying to win, but you see a lot less of them. And they're making the positive plays. They're making the big plays, and then they're sticking to the script. They start in the game off running the ball and they don't go away from the run. They keep the run in the game. And then we see in guys that already always been there. But then in the last few games, they kind of woken up again. Kenny Clark, the guys on defense are showing up in the middle again. Taking advantage. A great point. Exactly. Taking advantage of a bad. Hey, it's football. Whoever's healthy is going to play. Minnesota, like you said, has some holes in their offensive line. But you know what? That's not the Packers' problem. The Packers' problem is that look, we gotta we gotta disrupt Kirk Cousin. We gotta make sure that Justin Jefferson, which he only caught one ball for 15 yards, Jair did his job there. So guys are now saying to themselves, they should know by now. They've been it's basically like a, a movie, one of the movies where you have all these emotional tides, ups and downs, and now they're at a point. It's like you know what, our backs against the wall. What else do we going to? Are we gonna fight with each other? Are we gonna make mistakes with each other? Are we gonna get this thing right so we can get into more January and February football? Basically, you know, I remember that. Remember that year that we had to win, and we, you know, the Broncos went yep. in your end. Two thousand three. That, that was probably the best team that you and I were on together. A hundred percent. And yeah. we went to the Philly, the fourth and twenty-six game. Yeah. But that was a really, really good team, and I remember in that season. I just remember thinking to myself, when things weren't going well, you know, amongst ourselves in the locker room, it was kind of like. We were very, very frustrated, but we weren't. You were frustrated because you already knew you were good. Yeah. And I feel like the Packers team—they've been thirteen and three for like three years in a row. You have four-time MVP, two, you know, last two reigning MVP for the last two seasons. Yep, Pro you have all these weapons back. everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. and you just—and you're going to yourself. I mean, listen, you lose Devontae, and you some guys, you know, other guys come and go, and maybe there's some exactly. locker room blue guys you don't know about. But just generally speaking, you're sitting in the locker room and you're going like, "Well, we know we're good. What the hell's going on?" And you start you start cataloging. Okay, what I just talk about you and I now. You start cataloging. Okay, yeah. what is it that I need to do to improve? What is it that our group needs to do? Starts what is it here. does our offense mm-hmm. need to do? What is our defense? And you just start going through it, and eventually it kind of fixes. It just kind of happens. It fixes itself. It's not that the coaches are coaching different. It's not that the players are are necessarily doing anything very specifically different, but the attention to detail is a little bit higher. And I think yep. maybe if nothing else, that and Keyshawn Nixon just decided to show up and be Superman. You know, <laughs> Yeah, but, that but, helps. But, yeah, but aside from that, it's like really, it's just the attention to detail, I think ups. I think I personally believe in the last 30 years, when it turns December 1 in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, I think the attention to detail just goes up because we're, everyone's Sharper. used to going to the playoffs, right? Yep. 
Yep, because I remember that that year we were undefeated in December, and most mm-hmm. most years we went to the playoffs, which we had five six years in a row. December we either lost one or no games because we knew we had to buckle down, and we're you know we're hearing all the radio waves, people talking about sitting other teams sitting their guys. That's the biggest mistake you could do because you are mm-hmm. if you are in rhythm. You don't want to lose that rhythm, regardless if you already won the title two weeks ago for your division. And regardless of you're the number two seed, you, you may get a buy or may not get a buy. I don't think the two seed got a buy anymore the way with the 17th no, game. The, yeah, 17th, the 17th yeah. game now. So, yeah, it's no buy. It's only the number one gets a buy. So play ball. Make sure you guys are ready to go, you know, and uh, put on the tape from the last game and be like, this. just let this roll. This should be all the motivation you need. We're at their stadium. We got our ass kicked. So. You know what more? <laughs> what more is there to say there? To, to not dig, I don't want to digress, but what you just said is is interesting because we talk about teams that are making that decision whether or not to play their players, right? And you like if you go on any national media thing, there'll be they'll usually like a handful of guys that are recently out of the league that'll yeah. have an opinion. Their opinion is probably your opinion, which is no, you play your guys. Momentum's a real um, thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's all the sportscasters and all the people who've never played, and they go. No, no, no. What if you get somebody hurt? What? No, no, no. You need to rest. And they don't understand. Like what? What I think the rest of the like the general public doesn't understand is whether or not you give me in December or going mm-hmm. into January, whether mm-hmm. or not you give me a week off or not, it really doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I felt like absolute dog since since August. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Your body's like your body's all of a sudden like oh dude thank God I got this week. Is it is it nice? Yeah. Is it worth the is it worth the risk that you take no. that you might be off momentum? Yeah. Absolutely not. Is, yep. the, is the chance of you getting injured? Like, in other words, if you say, um, I have a one in 16 chance every week of getting mm-hmm. injured. or you know, Okay, that's actually doesn't even make sense. One in 17 chance. You, you, I get well, what you're it, saying. I yeah, get what you're like saying. It, there's a, there's a, just a fraction more of a chance of you getting injured this week than there was every other week. Is it worth it? My answer, my very simple answer is absolutely not. Because momentum's a real thing, confidence is a real thing, and if you're not doing it every week and you get stale and you hit some like you run into a buzzsaw week one of the playoffs, we've seen it before. Yep, job's done, right? So this team that we're playing, let's let's turn our attention to the the, the Detroit Lions. Packers are four and a half favorite, four and a half point favorites at home. Let's talk about their defense first. Listen, this team is not; they're just not good on defense. They are yeah. twenty. Ninth in the league in points per game. They give up 25 points a game. They allow almost 400 yards, which is dead last in the league per game. <laughs> they give up 150 yards rushing per game. They give up 250 yards passing per game. This team is not good on defense. They mm. play man coverage. They play match coverage. They are they're, They do not tackle well. Their linebackers are aggressive, but they overrun. They do not have anybody that you would consider an absolute stud. Aiden Hutchinson is a young player that's going to be good. James mm-hmm. Houston is a six-round pick who actually has more sacks than Aiden, has been playing very well as of late. These guys, they have nobody up front that you're going, their interior line is going to dominate us. There's just there's no reason not to find success against this team. But we didn't find success last time because they turned we turned the ball over three times. Yep, that's you a know? problem. We got to keep and, it. And, and when you play man coverage – there's it's you know you know how it is man it's feast and famine the other thing i want to just bring up and we'll show on this tape right here ag mm-hmm. these guys do not tackle well which is apt for me with a with a coaching staff that's all ex-players i am shocked how poorly they tackle yeah i'm shocked uh, how poorly they tackle you know and, and it might just be you know 
no excuses. You know, I'm naked. I'm never mind. I'm not saying nothing. Like, I, I'll just watch this nonsense. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so the first, the first thing is anytime, this is the kind of the stuff that when you just talk about discipline, you're right. already showing your hand when you have stacked safeties like this, like they're not yes. even, you've already tipped to, to, to the quarterback where you're going with the ball. And you know, like, why is this important? Because when you know that guy's driving on the backside, on the, on the slot receiver on the inside, and he's going to trap, that just means that the receiver on the other side is going to be wide open because that safety's dropping. So all you have to do is clear out here on the bottom of the screen. You run that deep crosser. And listen, that's the, I mean, what's the hardest play in football to cover if you're an outside leverage cornerback who's playing in man or match coverage? This guy's dude's running away from crosser. you across 56 yards of field, man, or yep. 53 and a half yards of field. Yep, it's impossible. And they just show this stuff early and often. And I guess maybe they think that uh, maybe they think that their their defensive line is going to get home, but it's just bizarre. Now you see this in man coverage. AG, they play a ton of man and match coverage. And I mean, listen, they got ran all over the board here in this Carolina game, but you can also attack that in the passing game because it gives right. you one-on-one -on -one opportunities, man. And well, you, you got Aaron Glenn as their DC. So he was a guy that was comfortable doing it, but that don't mean you know you can run it. I say 80% of the time. You want to flip-flop between zone, some cover three, a little bit, bump and run to kind of disguise what you're doing every from play to play. <laughs> That's a great point that you make. You know, just because because Aaron Glenn was a hell of a, a hell of a player. He was a great but just, just back. because yep. just because you're a hell of a player doesn't mean your guys are you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because yep. you were a tough guy doesn't mean you. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just right. saying as a general statement, just because Amon Green's coaching you don't make you Amon Green. Correct. You know, so you got to be mindful as a coach because you can get caught into oh, this looks what I would do. You know, I would run this and I would play this technique just like this inside leverage. I would press hard or whatever, make him go outside. But that talent may not be in that same player. That knowledge, may, you're you're giving him the knowledge, but is he going to remember it when the ball is snapped coming off the ball and the receiver is giving him his chop steps before he breaks it out or breaks it in, you know, trying to run a post or trying to run a slant route. So got to be mindful of that as a coach. You check this out. So one of the things that – and this happens in the run and pass game. It's interesting. So they, it looks like seven in the box right here. They got a two-by-two two with a with tight end attached on, on the bottom of the screen. Single back in the backfield, shotgun. The safety that's come down to put seven in the box is just playing man coverage. And so watch what the, the Carolina Panthers do here. They run a triple cross. They got guys going every which way. And I'm just telling you – communication here i don't care if you're the best coach team in the world this is not nah, easy this is a problem right here. but if you're yeah. always running if you're running man and you got all these guys going it's like who's on first man you know it's like it's like watching top gun where'd he go where'd who go you know <laughs> there's just that's a that's a all kinds of trouble that the packers can take advantage of because we got a couple guys that can stretch the field yeah but we also have guys we have a Dobbs, we have a Randall Cobb, guys that can get open by running those quick routes. Tunyon, you can add into that mix, right? Of yeah. running those situations where you're running little switches, little crosses, running triple crosses, where this where this action gets exploited because there's communication problems. That yep. was even that that AG that wasn't even off of motion, right? Like, no, you can it watch, was a setback field. Yep, it was a setback field. You can watch against the Bears in the red zone. Where these guys run motion to a bunch coverage, and you know they got a safety telling a linebacker to switch switch uh, man coverage right. man coverage responsibilities. Dude's wide open on the drag backside, and you got two guys sitting on the on the flat route. And it's just this is what happens when you got young players. You're trying to coach them up. You have all these switch calls and all this communication. Mm -hmm. We talked about it on the Green Bay Packers side of post snap communication communication. 
versus pre-snap. If you can get it done pre, you're good, right? If you get it, if you're trying to work it post-snap, you usually got some problems unless you're a, yeah. a very, very accomplished defense. Exactly. Exactly. All right. What we got here. We got motion. You see the early designation because of the speed of, of the because of the speed of the tight end coming across. You see these guys show early. Mm -hmm. And you're giving that pre-snap look. And what happens when this safety drops? You got the easy drag. Now, of course, the Carolina wow. Panthers ran for 320 yards rushing against these guys, right? So they're really focused on getting to that. When that tight end goes in motion, that usually meant they were running the toss sweep. Got it. So 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 they're they're really thinking about this. But what I wanted to demonstrate was not necessarily the keeper, because that's a play that everybody runs, and you're gonna find different mm -hmm. levels of success. But these guys don't tackle. First yeah. guy doesn't make the play. The first guy does not make the play. It takes four right. guys to get there. Yeah, that was, and that could, you want to put that, you know, that team in a more down situation. You want to keep them getting first down, first down, first down. We want to make them work for it, basically. So that means wrap up at the point of contact. This is a play the Packers run all the time. You got trips right to the bottom of the screen. Now you see that the inside receiver has outside leverage on the linebacker, meaning that the linebacker who's on the hash mark I have circled is inside of that inside slot receiver. So, mm -hmm. and both other, both other defend, uh, defensive backs are off the line of scrimmage, so we can get a very natural block on the outside man, block on the middle slot, and then the inside receiver is going to run that flat. Again, watch, you know, for fans out there who want to see the game within the game, you got yeah. two great stock blocks here. Watch the tackling. Count the missed tackles. One, two, three, four, four, five. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, like six. That was the sixth tackle right yeah. there. Yeah, that's, that's that AG. That was the defensive end. The defensive yeah. end made the play down the field. So, <laughs> so what do you learn from that? Right. Well, we've talked about before with 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 this team, the Lions in particular. Dan Campbell's going to get you to play hard, but especially on this defense, the attention to detail, the yep. the, the tack, these these little things, communication, tackling. Basics of the game. Yep. They've got the play hard, right? They've got the heart. No question. Zero but they question don't there. Get details as well as they should. Yeah, this was something I learned by reading an um, article, actually a book, a Bill Belichick a coaching book. And when a team got to, when teams get to this time of the year, you know, they're fatigued, they're beat up, as we talked about already. We already know this. Um, playoffs are on the line. Guys are fighting. Teams are fighting to get in. But the one thing that you're talking about is the fundamentals are lost. Something that the Patriots, what he would have his Patriots players do, do this time of the year, being perennial divisional champs, number two seed play um, team, they would basically do a half hour of form tackling, a half hour of holding on to the ball drills, basically yes. going into the playoffs. Yep. So that whole month of December, it was 45 minutes of tackling drills, 45 minutes of holding on to the ball. The basics. Why? Because your body's fatigued. You've been doing this since August. And you just are now got to get refamiliarized to holding on to the ball and tackling, which are the basics of football that will either get you on the bench or get you on the field as a little leaguer if you don't do things right. So that's what Bill Belichick would do. And so when I got to high school sports, I would bring that up with all the teams that we had going to the playoffs. I said, Coach, hey, let's get let's do let's do another 10, 15 minutes of um tackle drills or holding on the ball drills, you know, before and after practice because this is playoffs, the kids are, you know. 
they're in their routine, but let's keep this part of the routine too, because this is going to come come in big. And I just just something I, I stick to to stick to my guns. So when I when I see this time of the year, just see what teams are tackling better or the same or worse. And that's right now. That's where Detroit is. And at one time, Green Bay was for for their for their little stint. I've, you just made a great point. How many teams do you think live that life in the NFL? I would say at least five or six teams, teams that are well-coached. Well yeah. yeah, I would say five or six teams, well-coached, and they have the staff that be that uh, bring that awareness. Be like, all right, this is playoff game. This is playoff time. You know, we, let's look at our rosters, who's healthy, who's beat up, and then let's watch how practice goes. You know, when we practice on Wednesday, what's that Wednesday practice look like? Is it upbeat or guys dragging? You know, we got to lighten it up a little bit or whatever, make the adjustments, but also get back to the fundamentals because – like I said, you get in that routine by December, stuff that you used to do in August, you don't do no more because it was just training camp. The coaches are reintroducing, you know, football to players that have been with their training at their training facility in Cali or San Diego or wherever. Now you get them to the facility. So August, that whole month, of August, you're teaching all these new things. But then come December, it's like, wait a minute. You almost have to hit, hit that reset button because you're going into the same situation and not doing the bare minimum or at the bare minimum to get guys ready, then it's going to be a problem come the playoffs. The thing that Bill Belichick does, I think that a lot of people just don't appreciate is, is Bill, Bel especially now, because you look at what is it, what you hear from coaches now? Like if, if you and I go into a, a room of a coaching room, like a head coaching mm -hmm. room, and we say, Hey, we need to tackle more. The coach is going to say, Oh, the guys are so beat. Like they'll literally start going like, Oh, they're so beat up. We expect so much from the truth is, they don't practice as much as they used to. Nope. That's a, that's a fact. That's hundred percent. Right? Yeah, they don't hit as facts. much as they used to. So facts. so if you're not feeling as like if you don't feel as good as I did or you did, then mm -hmm. it's it's because you're not doing something from a recovery standpoint or a preparation standpoint. Because yep. we hit a lot more, right? And we put <laughs> a lot more damage on our body during the week. So when when the the thing that Belichick does, the, the point I'm trying to make is the thing that Belichick does is he says, I'm not going to be emotional about this. I'm going yeah. to be pragmatic about this. We need to do this. Yeah. I will. And so I'll become like Bill. I just tell you, like he became an expert at recovery modalities. They have one of the best recovery modality systems and one of the first in the National Football League. And the reason is he's nice. like, I'm going to work you hard. You have to be able to recover. That's how we're going to do this, because I'm not going to work you less. Right. right. I'm going to I'm going to help you recover more. So, yep. Anyways, let's uh, oh, let's go back to run opportunities here because the run stuff is interesting in that man coverage affects the run game too. Yep. This is a very simple toss play. You see they got a fullback. This is just like old school 12 personnel. Okay, we're going to have the tight mm -hmm. end block out. You see the big gap they have between their three defensive linemen and they're, they're, they're running they're a 3 the safety down. But we know that safety's down playing man coverage, but they don't even – they don't – this team doesn't even try to block the safety because unlike a lot of teams, when the Detroit Lions play a man safety in the box, that dude's not even thinking about the run game unless he's unless he's being specifically told to trigger. Mm. So check this out. <laughs> That's not a good idea right there. They got fullback lead on the Mike linebacker. The safety. Ooh, yeah, the safety's it. not even being touched. They don't even care no. about him. They're like, no. he's not going to play. He's playing man, cut back, bye-bye. Yep. And he the safety is like in tune to the tight end, and the tight end is not even blocking him. He thought that if the tight end released, he would have went with him. If he did, since he didn't release, he got stuck looking at the tight end blocking his guy. And he's not wrong. And I, I guess the point we're making is like he's not wrong because he has right. man coverage. But 
when you're in that situation, it's very, very difficult. If the other team knows you're always doing the same thing and you can literally book a guy in the box, all of a sudden I went from, I've got, I got six, I got five down linemen, a tight end and a fullback. And you only have, now you really only have six in the box again. Right. Yeah, Cause one is not paying attention. One's to not the paying run. attention to what you're going or excuse me, seven in the box, Yeah, but either, you know, so you have numbers. So we look at the tight end here because the, because their linebacker is man coverage on their tight end. Tight end can just block out on Aiden Hutchinson here. Number 90. Is that eight? I think that's Aiden. He can block out and you see this linebacker at the second level is just standing there waiting. Right. And oh man, you see what I mean? And yeah, this is nuts, it, it, man. This is, is nuts, nuts to watch. You would think being coached by former players, that is just another word for green dog. Um, even though green dog is more you focus on the running back and then you blitz if the running back stays in the backfield. But you could do this with the tight end, same thing here. You green dog the tight end if that's your guy, but if he blocks, you you take the next guy or you rush, do something. You got to put that pressure on, keep the same, uh, say, pressure on across the line of scrimmage. You see this, you know, this is 12 personnel. You see two tight ends hipped off on the tackles. This formation happens all the time with the Green Bay Packers, right? Yep. And I want to see Iki Aquan, who's a rookie left tackle. He does a great job of taking down this, this uh, defensive tackle in the B gap on the left side of the line of scrimmage and allows this play to really happen. But it ultimately happens for what you're talking about. They don't green dog. They, they don't adjust for the run game. They sit and hold on the backside. And it's like, <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Good I mean, 320 yards is no accident, bro. Like, you, no. if you give up 320 yards in the run game, you're doing something very specifically wrong. Now, everybody runs this play. They're going motion uh, as we as we look at it, right to left. You see the hipped off tight end. We're going to do that cross action again. So they're going to hand the ball off. He's going to come across. So Aiden Hutchinson thinks, oh, I know this look. I'm going to come down and crash this and create a pile here in the A gap between the center and the left guard. Unfortunately. When you do that enough times, you just bypass them, oh. run outside, and now you're back one on one on the safety. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you Man. the truth. Now, this was two weeks ago. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't want to, you know, PTSD is a real thing, and I'm not trying to make light of it. But if right. I was, if I was these safeties after this game, I would have some sort of, I would be stressed. Yeah, I, I, I'd be having nightmares. You know what right, I mean? I, hear, I, hear you, I mean, I, hear I can't tell you how many times these dudes were like one on one with the goal line is the only thing stopping them. It was nuts. Bro. Oh my god! Yeah, that's not good stuff right there. This is a great play. We don't run a lot of inside trap, but you see this formation, Ag, and this just looks like you can run sixteen gap out of this, right? You're in mm -hmm. shotgun formation. You see sixteen gap for everybody is the left guard's going to pull as we're watching the screen from the right to the left, and he's going to wrap around the tight end's going to block out. We're going to have a double team, and they're going to lead up on the safety or 44. Everybody knows that. The linebackers know that. So the wrinkle that the Carolina Panthers put in and something we should think about is they ran a trap on the defensive tackle that I've circled in red. And you'll see that Malcolm Rodriguez, who's a great young linebacker, he over-pursues this play mm, because he thinks it's, just, he, it's going to be a gap, <clears throat> runs himself right out of the play here, and you see the hole, man. I mean – Wow. You know, Anzalani on the other side, their other linebacker. That's a rookie car pitcher hole. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Make, makes this makes it as easy as he possibly could for the right guard and center to, to wall this off. But these are the kind of things, you know, these linebackers like to hit. They're aggressive. Malcolm Rodriguez is super aggressive, but they do overcommit from time to time. When you're not a good team and you're struggling against the run, mm -hmm. what is it something that they always do, AG? They always move their guys, right? They yeah, always want right to Right before stun. snap. Yeah, pre-snap. Right Movement. 
pre-snap movement, but they also like to stunt and try to make sure that I make miss it. my guy so they can get penetration and make you cut before the before yep. you want to, right? Yeah, you know, ETs, some TEs, throw them in there, sprinkle them in there. So they do these <clears> guys <throat> do a great job here. Again, this is about slanting. Slanting's feast or famine. If you slant, get penetration and make a mind cut before he wants to, you have a chance at stopping him. If you slant, don't get penetration, and your linebackers are now over pursuing because there's a huge gap. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of stuff that happens. Yep. Cross action play, easy. And you see Malcolm's over pursued because they've done such a good job. I'll just rewind it here real quick. You see the tight end does such a good job of pushing this all the way down there. There's just a monster gap. AG, let me ask you a question. You see this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you uh, do your eyes immediately go to 34 and just assume that the center is going to pick him up? If I'm cutting back, I'm just mm -hmm. I see his head. If I'm going to cut back, he's already out to play for me because I can see the yeah. back door here. Um, but if I'm keeping it play side, I'm just going to obviously I see him. And I don't know who's going to pick him up at 44. I'm going to give I'm going to start with him first and basically mm -hmm. hit him center, dead center line to, to deal with 34. But if I'm cutting I back, I know he's blocked. I know 34 is blocked. I'm guessing you're taking this right down the hash and you're saying you're saying 44 just does has, has ceased to exist in your world because from a speed standpoint, there's no way he can catch you right now. He's going the wrong Correct. direction. Correct. Right? Yep. Yep. Body's going the wrong way. He's just getting there, settled. And as his feet, his feet are literally getting in position, but then I'm I'm running back. I'm in my third, fourth step. Yeah, I'm you're gonzo. Him. You're gonzo yep. in this. Yeah. Yep. Great cut by these guys. Panthers got two good running backs. I'll tell you what. Chuba and this, they're good. Yeah, he's got to figure out everybody, everybody else now. <laughs> now, I just wanted to put – yeah, well, that's true. I wanted to put in this uh, this uh, extra lineman play. We haven't run this all year, and I just – I mean, we got – You 71. You like, 71. Yeah, you 71 package. Listen, Zach Tom may or may not – Yash or Zach Tom, they're both going to be healthy. Only one of them can start because Bakhtiari's playing. Maybe, right. maybe this is the, the week because look at the difference. Listen, Mercedes, everyone comes back and be on – you know. Well, Mercedes Lewis is that guy. No, he's not because Kevin Barry was 350 pounds. Mm -hmm. Mercedes is Mercedes <laughs> is probably the second best blocker on the Green Bay Packers. I'm just talking about from a girth standpoint. Yeah. So you don't. There's just a difference. It hits different when you get hit by 330 or 275. It just. I'm just yeah. telling oh. you, it hits different. Way Watch different. This guy. This is Cam Irving. And when you put big guys in the game, you just Oof, get great God. movement. Yeah. You just get great movement. And and AG, you could talk on this like. This safety is the only free man, okay? And even when he triggers here, because he's got to navigate, it just – it's too hard for these guys if we have a running back that's committed and makes quick cuts. Yeah, it, no, you he's at he's at a leverage – a disadvantage. Um, I see him, but I know where my play design going. And he's not – like you said, he's not triggering right away. You would think – you know, I see a John Lynch. He's in the gap. He's meet me in the gap. But a young, right. experienced a DB, they are – doing business decisions in the head and it's just not reacting properly as you saw in that last play so sam donald actually ran for a ton in this game which was surprising but yeah i'm we, seeing highlights yep every, everybody runs this play they're just running zone they're running re, the, the option off of off the defensive end now this this is uh this is not aiden hutchinson this is uh kaminsky and you just see like he's not very comfortable in space and this is just another reason where you start getting excited if you're AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones. It's like, are you going to give me? Are you going to give me that much space to run off of, knowing that my right tackle can can crash down this defensive tackle? Because this yeah. that's a lot of space, man. And if that's the beauty. Ever, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you tell me. 
I don't remember. There's like a handful of plays in an entire season where your hole is that big, bro. Like that's well, ridiculous. This is the beauty of the RPO, which is yeah. option play. I played in Nebraska, so when we had a defensive end like that, oh my god, it was feast or famine. He's like, I was like, pick your poison. It's gonna be me or Tommy Frazier, <laughs> or but, it's gonna be it's gonna be Lawrence Phillips or Tommy Frazier. Which one? If you don't attack one of us, the other one's gonna get the ball, and then you know, it's it's a problem. And that's why our UC RPO action in the NFL now for the past almost ten years, maybe yeah, ten years now since Ka- Colin Kaepernick made it famous. And Harbaugh did it at San Francisco. So that's why you see that creates a dilemma for the defensive end slash linebacker. What's what's interesting to me, because we both grew up in I, Naval Academy, Nebraska. Yeah, we yep, both grew yep. up in the option. And option offense, what's, yep. what's always interesting is, depending on what option play you're running, they want that defensive end or whoever the trigger man is, they want you to hold that playoff as long as possible, mm-hmm. right? But the way that we run the option with the dive out of like out of the – out of the um, out of the shotgun, out of the uh, spread look, excuse me, it's not where your option and you're flicking off to you have a, a second guy coming around and you're running it out like kind of the width of the field. This mm-hmm. is a dive or the quarterback's taking it down the channel. And so what that means is if you're not, if you're kind of in halfway, it's like Mr. Miyagi said to Daniel son, right? You go down right karate right side of the road, good. Karate left side of the road, okay. Yeah. Karate yeah. down the middle, squish like grape, right? You can't yeah. halfway this, man. You got to be all in or this happens like you can't just be standing there going oh, i'm gonna trick somebody you're never gonna trick anybody on these plays no nah, because even if darnell kept it he's running because he's he winning got, either way right he's winning either way because i guess you got too many yards in between them and um making trying to make a tackle trying to make a tackle how many game saving tackles does safety make by the way <laughs> you might have got the game ball if they were hadn't him out that day I'm, I'm telling you so you got you got two down blocks so you got your 12 personnel again you got two down blocks by the tight ends here and this is the kick play that we've shown on this this um, this channel a lot. Yep. You're going to see Jeff Akuda, who is not a fan of tackling. I'm just telling you guys right now. Uh, you're going to see him pop into the, the right side of the screen. And this right. is where everyone's going to kind of block down. And you essentially, as a running back, you're going to come downhill, but you're really trying to bump this play off outside of these tight ends. And there's just this natural running lane. Everybody comes down and blocks. And now Akuda shows up and – Listen, regardless if he's in the right position or not, you think you're going to be able to run through him because he's a defensive back. But if he doesn't close that gap, bro, I mean, this is like the, this is bread and butter football right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. The running back did a good job staying skinny mm-hmm. on that tackle's butt with his block there. And that's where he's able to get past that just with an um, ankle uh, attempt tackle there to get him upfield for like 10, 15 yards. So, uh, yep. There's a lot can- of opportunities to, to – to, yeah. move the ball there's a lot of opportunities to score there's a lot of opportunities this is like it kind of i kind of watch it and all the plays that are successful you go dude a you know aj can run those plays oh aaron can run those yep. plays like it's it's ball at the catch for the receivers as well can't can we you're in positions to be successful across the board christian watson you're going to get one-on-one opportunities versus jeff akuda can you win romeo dobbs you're going to get one-on-one you know you're going to get one-on-one opportunities versus like jerry jacobs can you win and I don't see any reason we don't score a ton of points. However, the Detroit Lions score a ton of points. <laughs> yeah, the and offense, so, right? Yeah, and so they score. They, you know, they they uh, they only average only be in a relative term because I think they average more than they do than we do on the road. They average on the road more than we do for and for real. They average 19 points on the road, 33 points at home. But this is a high scoring offense. They're a different team on the road, fair enough. And I know there's weather conditions and all that, but we got to kind of remove that and just appreciate, like, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. I know the guy. He's Mensa smart. 
he has put continually put this team in positions to be successful. Their offensive line, starting with um, Frank Ragnow, is yep. extremely talented, very, very well coached, do a great job of the details, picking up little things. Jared Goff can make Jared Goff can make every throw on the field. And we'll we'll yeah. show a couple here. If you put him in a position, they change his launch point. But if he gets mm -hmm. his feet underneath him, he can make every throw on the field. And I'm telling you guys right now, they've got four dudes on this team receiver-wise. I know they yeah. got rid of uh, Hawkinson. It's because they have four receivers that can, that can win. They exactly. have four receivers and two running backs. AG, do you see this like running back group just kind of – this is like mirror image of Green Bay a little bit, isn't it? It, it, it is. And I'm, I'm looking at DeAndre Smith. I'm looking at Jamal Williams, who has almost – thousand. he got six he's, – he's six yards short this of a thousand. Career, man. This is six career, thousand, man. Six yards short of a thousand. Had three touchdowns something last week, I believe. You know, 22 carries, 144-plus yards. All right, so yeah, it is a photocopy of, uh, and it's just interesting. Touchdowns. Yeah, oh. and and it's like this image. He they they really, they let him sign free agent. You know, they let him go. What did what did what was the, it? Was just interesting, you know, because this could be the backfield we still have today and being successful. But obviously things change. But it's just interesting. Did just, you think? Just wait, so wait a second. Are you saying because I I wouldn't? I'm going to say this it, the right way. I think right. AJ and Aaron are are the right guys for the job. Yeah. No, I'm not I, saying I also, that. I also, I also think though, if AJ and Aaron were in that offense, all the production you want, right? It'd be and, a problem, right? It would be but a it's problem. Like they are that now. offense, that offensive line is that offensive line is the best offensive line in the NFC North. Yeah, They're I was just very, throwing, very I was throwing a hypothetical out there. It's just, just interesting that they, he let they let him go, they let him walk, you know, yeah. and he's putting up these yards, he's putting up these touchdowns, and he's being a leader on that team, and that he could, and he's definitely one of the reasons why they're doing what they're doing. Um, right now this part of the year because he understands that he was here he was in green bay he knows the mindset that playoff football how you how you have to prepare during the practice week how you got to prepare you know monday or monday through friday and then get ready on sunday so having him in that locker room along with some other players like jared golf who was the super bowl quarterback people forget that you know so just got to understand you know or so i say oh no playoff quarterback excuse me excuse me <clears throat> no i i echo everything you're saying you know one thing yeah. with with jared goff um or the offensive line, they're number three, three number one being the best in sack percentage. Yeah. They, I mean, they're just a, this is a really, really well coached offensive line. Hank Fraley does a great job. I talk about him all the time because yeah. I'm just super impressed. Giving up 22 sacks on the year. Jared Goff is not a mobile quarterback. So when you say you yeah. only gave up 22, it's like it's you only gave up 22, not that you gave up 22, right? Mm -hmm. Let's take a, let's take a quick peek at these guys. Offensively, and DeAndre Smith, Swift. They use a fullback. So here we go. You see, they just they got guys Ooh. that can move, that can road grade. And this That's is I mean, Jamal. this is Jamal Williams, man. That's Jamal right there. Yeah. So so we just talked about it. You move your defensive lineman because you can't you can't hold up. But if you're a well coached offensive line, you see Panay Sewell here, the right tackle, first round pick. Yeah. He's going to double team initially with this right guard, sees the slant and comes back and secures the defensive end, which allows that bam right there secures that defensive end instead of getting washed now with him getting washed down he secures that play and allows that tight end to rise up for the line get on that linebacker right here yeah. springs yep. the play right yeah and we and you just go like you'll never see that and it's super easy to, like it's hey. it sounds simple but you got to remember it's like 100 300 pound guy trying to knock over another 300 pound guy like you're building up this momentum you got to have great technique great footwork but you also have yeah. to have a lot of awareness and great communication on that offensive line yeah 
you know, and that's yeah, uh, thirty going. How do you think? Yeah. You, you think he's using that for uh, respect that for you? Uh hey, it would be nice. You yeah, know, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, they got they got a great off. Uh, they got a both Tyler Decker and Panay are both really athletic guys. You yeah. see both of them on the move here, along with the tight end. We got two down blocks. One thing I appreciate about the Lions, as as well as the Green Bay Packers, we don't talk about it enough. Uh, the wide receivers love to block. They take a lot of pride in what they do. Yeah, they, they know the work. They know what they got to do to help out. We got the down, down around here. Tight end blocks out. Decker leads up. Easy cut for a touchdown. They just like they have talent. They 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 have technique. You see the double team here. I highlight the uh, I, I think this is Evan Brown and, and Panay on the three technique for Chicago Bears. And look, the Bears are this isn't the best three technique you're gonna see all week, all year. This isn't Kenny Clark, but look at the movement that they're they can get and the difference it makes in this play. I mean, if you see that, AG, it's oh like, oh my god, you know, That's imagine big. flip it on the other side. Like, what does a linebacker do, bro? He's like, oh my god, there's like a tidal wave coming at me. Yeah, he gets destroyed. That was you and KB, or you and uh, Tausch coming down on a, a linebacker or a deer three technique. Seeing that movement, seeing guys three yards ahead of me when I'm still three yards to the line of scrimmage, then Look okay, I, I'm looking downfield. I'm looking at that safety to the right. Like, okay, I'm either run him over. Or I'm gonna run right past him. One of the two. I could think about that because the offensive line did your job. Y'all did y'all job. What I, I will appreciate about this is I'm not saying Brown is in here button up on number nine, their safety. Right? Just gets yep. the, not a great job, but gets the job done enough. Because listen, all you have to do, like how you if you get your feet in front of the guy and you get your mm -hmm. body in front of the guy, it the rest of it is it is important. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to minimize it, but like if you get in front of the guy. With it, with an explosive running back like yourself, yeah, show's over. Yeah, yeah job job done, man. You, you can fall like he's on the ground right there, but but his guy's twenty yards downfield, easy. Yeah, yeah. I used to say a lot to the receivers and every now you know to you as well. I was like, just get in his way. Yep. I was like, even if you don't block him, get That's, in his way. When you said it to me. You were pleading. You're like, please just get in his way, would you? <laughs> no, I never pleaded. I know that. <laughs> the the one funny time we're playing in that Oakland game where you know Brett lost his dad. Yeah. It was at the comment at halftime. And you you come up to me, you're like, AG, I I don't know where the fuck you getting these yards from right now because we ain't blocking nobody. <laughs> I was like, Mike, I figured it out. I was like, don't worry about it. Just I got go, it. Yeah, just go where just go where we're not or something, yeah. right? I don't. You know, said right? something like that. I just like I got you. I said, I'm, no I'm not sure. I, I I don't I don't remember. It very could uh, very uh, it very well could have been me, but uh, I do remember. I remember a, a couple of very specific plays in that game going like I'm spinning around like I'm like out doing waggles and. Like, where's the ball? Like, what is going on exactly right now? Like, I'm on the wrong no, side it was of the you. field. It was no, you at halftime. I remember I'm that conversation. You, it was a quick conversation. It just had me laughing. I was like, I got you. No problem. I'll, I'll make the adjustments. I'll make the adjustments. We got yeah. it. We got a uh, player circled up top. Listen, like I said, they've got guys everywhere that can make plays. Yeah. And if you're going to leave them one-on-one coverage, the, the point I'm making mm -hmm. here is Jared Goff can make every throw, bro. Like, look at this window throw. Like, are you kidding me? He made that throw in that window. That's that that is that's absolutely nice. phenomenal. Yeah, that's Clark right? Jr. That's not that's not an average throw. That's a big time throw. Yeah, a chart. Or so excuse me, chart, chart, s c h a r a r k, chart, shark. We see our, our man up up at the top here running the Oof. deep crosser and like Amaros St. Brown. He's got uh, eleven hundred and twelve. Uh, 1112 yards this year, six touchdowns. He's he's mm -hmm. their he's their top dog. This dude, I can't remember if he made the Pro Bowl or not. This guy, I believe he did. He, I believe he did. He reminds me of Randall Cobb when he was young. Like he's just tough. 
Yeah. Like he, he's just one of those guys. He can make every play. You see this. He's got the deep crosser. Safety's coming down to light him up, right? Mm-hmm. And just not only makes the play, stays up. Can't even get him down, dude. Like that. He's just a tough guy. He makes those kind of plays. He can take the top off. Yep. Right. He's not a complete burner, but he can beat you one on one, but he can run every route. He's got great hands and he's tough after the catch. Yeah, he uh, underestimated a lot and you can see it in his gameplay. <clears throat> you see the under center play action pass and they move the Good pocket. Try. So they changed the launch point for Jared Goff. But you see here <laughs> great, great anticipation by Goff. Now we talk about how difficult it is to post snap communicate. Right. Mm hmm. Well, so the Carolina Panthers switched this off. So you got the in cut at the top of the at the top of the screen, and that corner just is like, I'm gonna fade off and we're gonna drive on that with the safety. But the corner's facing the wrong direction. So even though that arrow's pointed to the right, like he can't catch up. And mm -hmm. Goff has the arm strength to put this ball 60 yards downfield wow. and lead him on a play across the other side of I mean, that's a big time throw, a big time catch. That's just a big time play, that though. That's an amazing throw. And it was almost like I think the receiver kind of panicked and jumped for it. He could, if he would have stayed running, he could have caught that in stride. I just love the way that the Detroit Lions are creating launch points that are not right behind the center all the time for, for Jared Goff. So you just never know how to rush it. They run, you see, they pull the guard here mm -hmm. on the on the under center play action pass. But then, dude, this is this is an absolute rocket right here from a, you know, it's, I think originally the second pick in the draft his year, right? Yep. I mean, that's a rocket, man. He's a beast. Great catch. You see the safety so far back. This is just a traditional cover two look. And you know, for fans out there, like when you talk to quarterbacks and receivers about cover two and you're the outside receiver, you got an outside release on on the, the cornerback. He's going to he's gonna come off and now play the flat route. So he's going to play that slot receiver. is going to come out over the 20, 25-yard line. And that little space of, of, of uh, light here on the 30 to the 35 or the 25 to the 32, excuse me, is just where that cover two safety can't quite get to. And if you've got mm -hmm. a quarterback that's got massive arm strength and arm talent, those are just big plays in passing games. And, and again, like Goff's just making these plays in maybe years past he didn't necessarily make. Yeah, he's uh, getting set up. Uh, offensive coordinator is giving him plays. And like you said, like resetting the pocket, you got to do that with a traditional you know, drop back passer that is not great with his legs. You got to give him opportunity in different ways. And that's what they've done. <clears throat> They've done a great job this year. This is going to be an interesting game. Like we said before, I don't think, you know, I think if Seattle loses, obviously the game will even have kind of there'll be more heightened awareness with both teams. Mm -hmm. But it's it's going to be a good matchup. AG, how do you think this game plays out on Sunday night, man? They they flexed it to the Sunday night game, which yeah. I think we means we have to listen to Chris Collinsworth. Is that right? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> which sucks. Let's just call it what it is. Not great. Yeah. But uh, either way, what do you think? Well, what are your keys to the game? Well, I mean, I say the biggest thing is obviously, you know, as a player, just don't look at the other games. Just just pay attention, focus on this game. That's the first thing as a coach. I'm gonna let them know that. I say defensively, it's almost it's almost rinse and repeat of last week. You know, do what we did off defensively, get Kenny Clark going, get the rest of the defense playing ball. You know, Zaire doing his job. They have some receivers. They got four of them. Um, I'm pretty sure Zaire Zaire is gonna be on Amon Ra. Get in his face, be the guy that do you think they single up? Because last, so last week, man, like I, we didn't, you know, we talked about it a little bit or we, on, on the show. Yeah. They bracket coverage the hell out of Jeff. Jeff Snefferson was double teamed almost every play. Yeah. Almost, almost every single play they doubled him, right? Like we, yeah. we talk about the Jair versus 
um, Justin Jefferson, but it, it was yeah. Jair plus one, plus one versus and, versus Justin Jefferson, which is fine because that's how I would do it. I mean, like yeah. you got to you got to take yourself with the guy. He's got the whole field, right? Exactly. But do you think that they're going to go Jair, or do you think Jair wants to just follow Emerald St. Brown around, or do you think like because they do it? Josh Reynolds can fly. Yeah, you know, they got guys who fly on yeah, this team. Yeah, um, I think. Zaire is going to go with whatever the defense. I think he's going to listen to his coordinator, listen to his teammates. Um, whatever they did last week, rinse and repeat, because they have some number one receivers, as we know. They got a guy that can take the top off. They got guys that's going to catch the ball that can run deep routes. So do that same type of style. Bracket whoever is having a hot hand. If uh, Amaran get a couple catches going, maybe you go to him, and then you, you put that coverage to him. And then if they got to switch later to one of the other receivers, then do that. But have that knowledge of keeping that – you know, always constant communication. Don't just be set in stone of what they rehearsed during the week to saying, hey, I'm around the guy, so we're going to stick on him. Hey, be ready to adjust the whole time because this is playoff football. You can't just be stuck on one idea defensively. So defensively, do what you need to do in that do that back end, communicate 100%, but then that, offensive, that defensive line, get in there, create problems. And then offensively, again, rinse and repeat. It's easy to say, run the ball, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, along with the Aaron in the past game, that Aaron's healthy now, and he's, I, I say he's hes hes exercised all the, the season. All the demons are out. He, everybody knows what they need to do to play football, <laughs> basically, now. So they've been doing it the last several weeks of football uh, for the Packers. So those are my keys to the game right there. So the other thing on defense, um, it'll be interesting because this is a much better offensive line. They're, I think yeah. all their starters are, are, are playing Mm-hmm. And last week, look, it's easy to play too deep and bracket cover with the with the with the backside safety covering the backside covering the deep route on the backside of the deep crosser. It's mm-hmm. easy to do that if you feel like you can create pressure with four. I don't know that they I don't know if the Green Bay Packers are going to be, be be able to create pressure with four guys. I don't know, right? Because I they they have a very very good defensive line or offensive line. Excuse offensive me, line. Yep. and, and Rashawn, game and, on top and, of it. And Rashawn Gary is is still. On IR, you know, we, yeah. we're not, we don't have our best guys. So it'll be interesting to see if we need to create, because I think you do have to get Jared Goff off his spot. Mm. I think it's, if you get him on a second or third look, you get him so he can't set his feet. That's he's got a quarterback. But yep. I just, it's going to be very difficult to do because I, last week you get a home with four. I just don't know if that's possible with this team and all the run stuff and all, all the other stuff. Cause they, this is more of a 45 55 run game. This isn't 65 35 like it was last week. These right. guys are happy to run the ball down your throat, right? Yeah. So that part and of it, and they had the old line to do it, like you said. And they got the, they got the person to do it. The most important thing from last week for me to transfer over to this week is pre-snap communication versus post-snap. Last week yeah. they were successful with Justin Jefferson in particular because pre-snap they knew exactly what they were going to do to that specific person to take him out of the game, and everybody else knew their responsibilities. There wasn't this communication pass-off stuff where you just get in trouble. So mm-hmm. if they can maintain that. I think they're going to have a lot more success because it looks like they play with more confidence. Yes. Um, the rest of the stuff they're going to have, you know, the rest of the the rest of it. Can we get home? And all I think we can. It'll, you know, Preston, Kenny, have big games. Collins has showed up. Anibari has a has a play here and there. It's like flash plays. T.J. Slayton played last good last week. Devontae mm-hmm. White can come in and rush. Like we have, you have people. Can we make it work? Can we keep the pressure? Can we make them kind of a, a one dimensional team? Uh, offensively, I just I wrote down play a clean game. Like just yeah. play a clean game. The turnovers we lost the turnover battle last last time and we lost the game. This mm-hmm. team is only as good as you're going to allow them to be. They're not a good team on defense. Don't make it more yeah. than it is. Take the emotion out of it. Be objective. 
we are better on offense than they are on defense by a wide margin at every single position. Yep. There's not a single position on this team where you go, I would, I, I think they should win that one-on-one matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single play. I really don't. Right. You know, Aiden Hutchinson goes in and plays the three technique in their nickel looks. John Ron Eugenio can handle three te- the three technique in, in closed space. Yeah. Like, there's just no position where we're not better. So we should just – just sometimes, A.G., it's like you go – it's like when you were in Nebraska and you go and play, uh, you know, the sister of the poor. You know, it's like <laughs> – Pacific. Like go, Let's go yeah, Pacific. You go, you go like, hey, listen, your coach stands up and he goes, we're better at every position on offense. Go score. Yeah, but let's not let's not overthink this. We're better yeah. than they are. Let's go prove it. And that's you and it. I've been in that situation before. You yeah. got to step up and take it. Play a clean game. I think I think that's the key to it. Yeah, don't give them no light because I, that's one thing I know the Detroit. Watching some of the games this past season, Detroit Lions feeds off that. If you give them a, a little piece of light, a little piece of light, a little mistake here, a little mistake there, they're like they we we're gonna cash in on it. You're gonna give them a lottery ticket. You don't want that. You don't want them winning off of you. So. Don't give them nothing. Like you say, clean game is perfectly set. <clears throat> I wanted to go special hero of the week. I didn't write it down, and I just oh. remembered it. Okay. Uh, my special hero of the week is uh, – do you follow the soccer drama with Greg Berhalter? And I saw you Arrhenius? post something on oh, Twitter. I, so I did soccer see a little mom, bit. So, so the soccer yeah, mom, soccer, mom, soccer, soccer dad, parents. Soccer yeah. Parents. yeah. Okay. So I didn't it, see all of it, but I did see your – okay. Yep. The big the big joke is this, Ag. So if you're right. if it's a soccer mom, so soccer mom, I I'll say soccer parents so I don't offend anybody. Right. Soccer parents are are notorious at the youth level for go are they're the they're the parents that go up and complain to the coach if their kid is not playing enough. Yeah. They're the parents that go and call the commissioner and say I want to make a change. This guy should be fired. Blah 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 blah. If their kid isn't playing enough, it happens in football. It happens. But because, so because in football it's violent, right? So if like if you go out and get your ass kicked continually, you guys like you're not playing. If, in, right. in basketball, there's a lot of one on one. So if if you're playing against me and you score twenty points on me, like I'm not going to play. It's pretty right. easy, right? Because it's yeah. like like point guard plays versus point guard, okay? But in soccer, it's not necessarily that way. So there's a lot of like, well, my kid does this well, blah 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 blah. He tries hard. She tries hard. She shows. Up. They're, they're the worst people in the world. Like and both my kids play soccer. I guess I'm part of this, this culture. They are the worst. So Greg Berhalter is the world cup coach. Yeah. Gio Reina is arguably the best player on the team. He plays at uh, Borussia Dortmund over in Germany. He's been part of the youth national program since he was young. His father was the captain of the U S world cup team. He played with Greg Berhalter, Gio Reina. He's now the sporting director at Austin FC actually. Okay. And when Gio gets to the World Cup, Berhalter says, and they're like, it's like his second son. It's like his nephew. Right. He says, for whatever reason, I, we don't know the reasons. He says, you're not going to feature a lot in this. For whatever reason, I don't think you match up well against the teams we're playing. I'm not sure. Mm. Gio throws, you know, Gio gets upset and all these things happen. But what you don't find out until later is okay. that his mother, Danielle, is complaining and they know every i mean they are u.s soccer right so they're complaining right. to all these people in power well you know my kid's name's getting thrown through the mud and you know if they only knew what this guy did when he was in college they all in college greg berhalter and his wife rosalind and and the Rays all went to college right if they only right. knew so now there's this investigation over like a domestic violence dispute or something from 1991 
all started essentially because this Gio Reyna's mom was upset that her kid wasn't getting enough playing time. (laughs) And you're just like, dude, this is the most Karen thing that could possibly happen (laughs) (laughs) in soccer. You're like, dude, this is hilarious. This this is why. That's my hero of the week, man. Okay, yeah. This is definitely the reason why when my kids were little, softball, baseball, there was rules that were guidelines. It was a whole paragraph towards the parents that said, if you are the parent, that is yelling at the ref, giving the ref, the, uh, the umpire a hard time, or the players a hard time, or saying words that are un, you know conducive to to a to a little league game. You can escort yourself to the car, to your car, and go home. That's basically kind of what it said. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it basically said that. Don't be that parent. Don't um, be that. Do not be that uh, parent. I think it's posted on every side. There's a sign posted on every field in America now. It's when you fill out your registration and sign up your kid for any sport that's spring or fall or summer, it has a paragraph directed towards the mom and the dad saying, don't be don't be that parent, please. You're going to get escorted off the field, off the court, off the baseball diamond, whatever, out of the stadium, out of the gym. You're getting escorted because we don't we won't want that in the house. It's you know? too much. Bro, let's oh, hit a couple yeah. of these games real quick, all right? Yeah. We'll do the games that matter, right? So Jaguars, Tennessee, ten, Jaguars by six and a half at home. Who do you got? So for playoffs, Jag- I think it's for the for division lead. Yeah, the Jaguars have been playing good football, man. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Dougie Fresh got him playing real well. So I'm I'm going Jags. I mean, Tennessee, they have that defense, but it's just they're they're, they're just not putting things together. They're just like offensively, they're on their third quarterback. I yeah, think. I guess, oh, is that what it is? Okay, I know Derek is beat up too. Um, yeah. But that team lives with the quarterback and a healthy running back, you know, and that's unfortunate. Both guys are beat up. So, Jacks for me here, easy. Dolphins, Jets, coin flip game. Dolphins by uh, Dolphins, <laughs> actually, Jets by one. Dolphins yeah. are at home. Two is out. Two is out, right? Okay, yeah. Um, no, two is out and Teddy's out. I think they're, I think they're on number three. So, Teddy is out. See, I wasn't yeah, 100% yeah, I think toward. I think, okay. I think they're on number three. Don't quote me on that, but I think they're oh. on number three. See, I went. Oh, if Teddy was in, I was okay with the Dolphins. But uh, the Jets, do they have playoff possibilities? Or are they just... I think so. Okay, But here, here's here's what I think. I think. I think if Mike White plays, I think the Jets probably win this game. I think if Zach Wilson touches the field, they lose. Oh, they lose 100%. He... Yeah. Just something's off right now in his development. That's You can't really put a finger on it. I'm not in the building. I just could see it from what I'm seeing. On the field, but uh, I gotta make a pick here. Yeah. Um, Mike White plays no two and no Bridgewater. I'm Jets because of defense. Defense is one of their uh, safe safe points. I'll say good points. We got uh, here we go. Patriots Bills. Patriots have to win. Bills by six and a half at home. No, that's not happening. Bills. 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 Ravens. Ravens. Bengals. This is a big game. This is this is a serious game here. But I, I think Bengals got the advantage. Their defense is playing lights out right now. Yeah, and then Burrow, playing. Burrow is being Burrow. He's being like a almost like a young Brady, where he's he gets on, he just does things that he's gonna do every game naturally because he has the equipment. He has a Jamal Chase, he has a T Higgins, he has uh, a running game. He has P Ryan and Dixon coming off the bench, you know, rotating. So he has those uh, pieces in place. So there you go, Bengals. I think Bengals too. Yeah, dude, I actually said this last week. Like, I think Joe Burrow reminds me of Joe Montana when I was growing up. Mm. Like, I'll re- like he's I'll probably got a, his he's comments like, though. He's a bigger, like he's got bigger stature. You know, he's like a bigger dude. Yeah, he's a bigger dude. Yep. But, but yep. you just kind of look at like he just seems to. Do, he just seems to. Be, I can't really put my finger on why he's better than everybody else. 
but he's better than everybody else. You know, oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, I know his, why, uh, his, I know why uh, he's better than everybody else. Right. But like, like when you watch him, there's nothing. You know, he's not like he doesn't have a cannon arm that other no. people don't have. He's not faster than everybody else. He's like Joe Montana. Joe Montana is like, oh, okay, you know, he's like he wasn't even going to start at Notre Dame, and, right? But he just and then, and he's got Jamar Chase to his Jerry Rice. You start, you know, he's got, you know, he's got all these, you know, he's got Roger yeah. Craig to you know exactly. mixed in. You know, you start exactly. putting all this together. It's like, man, it looks. He's yeah. so he's so good. He's he's yeah. gonna be to me. He's gonna be the next, the next guy. Yeah. For like I believe for like so. Fifteen years. And he, like, and he has football ridiculous. all around him since he was a kid. Yeah. Um. His dad was like either head coach or something. I know he coached at Nebraska. Joe was there. So he just from the time he was little all the way up, and he just has that mindset about him. You could tell. I said I would be. I wouldn't mind being that huddle with him at what either. So. I think the last game, the the last game that might be interesting is just that Seahawks, the Seahawks Rams game, right? Yep, that's a big one. It's probably going to be Seahawks. That's easy. It's got I mean, it's got to be right. Seahawks uh, by six. Yeah, Rams are just even though they got Baker, they had a couple shines of light, but Seahawks is just just a little bit more consistent offensively and defensively, and it's in Seattle. Home game. AG, nice show. Yep, let's wrap Good it up. Job. Tell everybody where you can uh, find you and all the stuff you got going on. Yep. So find me on Amon Green 30, all one word, Twitter and Instagram, and also Gamers Lounge on TikTok. Amon Green's Gamers Lounge. That's a, a TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch as well. We got the show up. We had a great show this past week talking about some crazy stuff, fun stuff as usual. Um, and we got highlights and clips of that. You can check that. Follow it on uh, the Twitter sphere as well. Yes, so, Mike, let everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah, man. Mike Wall 68 Twitter. Check this out on our YouTube channel. Uh, See you later. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.